following is a presentation of the Bellup Sports Media Network. Welcome to the Morgan Man Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Stacy Cole Morgan. Here on the Morgan Man Sports Podcast, we talk Atlanta Falcons news, pregame predictions, and all other news surrounding the Atlanta Falcons. Touchdown, Atlanta! Also on the podcast, we talk Call of Duty League esports covering roster mania, major predictions, COD champs, player trades, and much more to get you ready for every single CDL weekend. Scump goes through, and Scump stands, wins the one-on-one in Optic with the reverse sweep. If that sounds good with you, put on your Falcons jersey, grab your gaming headset, and let's get the show started. I'm your host, Stacey Cole Morgan, and you are listening to the Morgan Man Sports Podcast here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pod HQ, or wherever you find your preferred podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest on the show talking Atlanta Falcons with all the latest rumors that is happening right now. Desmond Ritter, the Falcons being two and two. Let's welcome in none other than the sports reporter and anchor for Fox 5 Atlanta, Miles Garrett. Miles, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Better than what I deserve. Uh, so how's everything <laughs> going with you, man? Good, good. No, certainly busy. We got the you know, NLDS here coming up here in Atlanta, and uh, you know, we got college football Saturday and Falcons on Sunday. So it's going to be a busy weekend here in Atlanta. Yes, definitely, for sure. Um, Braves are red hot right now. We get our revenge game against the Phillies. Definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, um, man, should be should be good when they're a little scary, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the revenge game, so we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, but yeah, so we're mostly here talking to Atlanta Falcons since this is mostly an Atlanta Falcons podcast right here, and I want to start off by asking you, Miles, uh, the Falcons are two and two right now. One, two home games, two lost two road games. Is this a win loss record that you've seen coming in for the first quarter of the NFL season, or do you did you expect worse or better from the Falcons? It's a little hard to tell. Um, I know throughout the, at the at the preseason, I said um, I expected around a ten and seven record this year. Um, you know whether. What, I'm not sure exactly what game win or losses would have entailed. Um, that was just kind of my expectation for this team overall. So, uh, two and two record, not completely. You know, I, it's it's one of those records where I'm like, okay, you know, it can. It's still extremely early in the season. There's a lot more games left to play. Um, you don't really know whether or not this team is good or bad. I think it's a little too early to sort of determine each option. They're still figuring some things out, especially at the quarterback position. Desmond's had some struggles, but he's also had some bright moments too. So, um, you know, the the pass blocking hasn't been ideal. The running blocking has been good. Bijan Robinson has been a, a bright spot, obviously. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things to consider so far after just four games. But, um, you know, this week will be another test with the ascending, what looks like, Texans team, especially with C.J. Stroud. So um, whether or not I expected two and two, it's a little hard to say, but uh, – I wouldn't say it's it's either you know good or bad. I think it's you know this is a team that's coming off back to back seven and ten seasons. It's still a very young team, a lot of new guys that are still meshing together. So um, I think to be uh, determined is kind of the best answer to give on that. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's kind of hard to determine at this point right here, but definitely this is a lot better than usually how we start off zero and two in the past couple of seasons. So for sure. So it, it is it is something to look forward to. But hopefully we can change gears this Sunday against the Houston Texans for sure. So the second thing I want to ask is Desmond Ritter's job security. So obviously this has been a big talk in the Falcons community. And this past Sunday, Desmond kind of didn't help his case a little bit, throwing some uh, pick six. Well, I know one pick six, but a lot of interceptions. And uh, the teammates are, you know, backing him up. And that's a good thing to see. But is this a game where Desmond Ritter really needs to shine against the Texans this Sunday in order to keep it? Or do you think it'd be time for Taylor Heineke to step in? It, it, it's a it's a tough question right now because Arthur Smith does like to stick to his guys. And Desmond Ritter, I do think it's still a little bit early. Cause, I mean, you got to keep in mind, this is still game, I believe, eight or nine for him. I mean, he's still pretty much a rookie you could consider. He's not really that, you know, I know he had a full off season to, sort of be that QB1, and he had those four games at the end of last season. But um, it's kind of tough to to determine because, you know, he's shown flashes. You know, I think you saw it in that Packers game where there were moments where you're like, okay, like, this is this is what they're seeing. Okay, like, he's got that potential to sort of manage this offense and lead them down the field and score some points. But you absolutely – I think more so this past game in London um, than the week before was that more of a – testament to his play individually because you can't have those those throws that he was making you know the the staring down the receivers and and throwing the interceptions that one play that almost was an interception to Mac Collins that was going downfield where Mac had the guy beat and it almost turned out to be an interception because it was underthrown so stuff like that you cannot afford to have now as far as these next couple of games against the the Texans I mean keep in mind this is still a team that has one of the weakest schedules, if not the weakest schedule in the NFL. So, you know, you got to take advantage of that. It's a roster that's relatively ready to win right now because of the veteran leadership they brought in. Um, you know, you have a, you know, a team like the Commanders immediately after the Texans. So these are two very winnable games. So I think after two weeks, if you see sort of that same regression, I, I use that word key like big time because I don't think we saw the same Desmond Ritter in London that we saw the week before where he had struggles. I think it was an actual regression that we saw in that particular game. Now, there's still time for him to, to learn from that and grow from that. I think there were calls all over the field and plays all over the field that, you know, didn't do him any favors. Protection still hasn't been great for him. Um, that's something you definitely want to avoid. And, of course, you know, some some of the passing schemes have not exactly been friendly as well. You know, they've been kind of – if you look at sort of the route tree these receivers are running, they're not necessarily all that creative. Um, you know, that's another thing to consider on that fourth down play to, to Drake London. You saw it from a different angle. The receivers are kind of getting out of their cuts a little bit late. So, you know, they're not necessarily doing Desmond any favors. I'm not trying to, you know, shift blame away from Desmond because, you know, there is some blame to be had in regards to how he played. But um, I do think there's a lot of other things to consider about how the offense has played as a whole before. You know, and I get it. You know, you, you, you want to blame the quarterback whenever, you know, a team is underperforming. That's the natural inclination for everybody, for all fans, for all national media. That's, that's the consensus. But at the same time, I think there are other things to consider. So long-winded answer for your question. I think that after these next two games, if it's more of a regression, 
then I think you honestly don't have a choice but to put in a guy like Taylor Heineke just because of what he's proven that he's done in the past. I think it's a big difference between last year with Desmond and Marcus because last year you didn't really know what Desmond could do. You didn't know if it would be an upside for Marcus Mariota at the time. And, you know, I think that was the key difference there. Whereas Taylor Heineke has gone toe-to-toe with Tom Brady in the playoffs before. So um, I think it's a difference between progression, regression, and, you know, what you think the potential of what a guy like Taylor can do. So that's where I'd stand on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you about two two or three more games. And if the regression keeps happening, that's when you've got to make that call. And and, and it's hard because to not, not to interrupt you really. Not to interrupt you really quick, but I think that another thing to consider too is that you also run the risk of if you take Desmond out too early and you throw Taylor in there and he performs sort of the same, if not that much better, then you run the risk of having, you know, we're only four games in, of having the rest of the season be, you know, flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop at quarterback, and you're not helping anybody at that regard. When you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. So I think that's one part, one part to consider too. And apologies for interrupting you there. Oh no no you're you're perfectly fine. Uh yeah, you're right. That that is a uh, question to to be asked if you were to make that change and after two or three more games with Ritter is Taylor Heineke going to perform at a Tom Brady level or is he going to perform, you know, just like Desmond? So that it is it is questionable at the quarterback position right now. Um so we'll just have to wait and see hopefully Ritter does better because I, I see the potential. I really do. It's just this O-line is definitely not helping this case, and the receivers are, like you said, cutting in too close or too quick. Um, staying on uh, Desmond Red right here, uh, there's been rumors circulating now that Justin Fields or Matt Ryan could be potentially signing with the Atlanta Falcons. If that were the case, which of these two quarterbacks would you like to see? I know the community's favored favor more of Justin Fields, but if there was a case, I would like to see Matt Ryan back. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Matt Ryan thing is a pipe dream a little bit just because of, number one, how I think things went down between Matt and the Falcons, I think kind of left a sour taste in his mouth. Um, and also another thing to consider too i think that the falcons offensive line still you know it, like i said earlier it's done well with the run blocking but the pass protection is not great right now and desmond admittedly is more mobile than that is ever so i think that's another important part to consider when you know you, you talk about a guy like matt ryan who's in his late 30s trying to come out and maybe help ride a ship it might not be the ideal scenario for him I get it, though. You know, he is Matt Ryan, best quarterback franchise history. You know, there's a lot of things that maybe he could make work with that offense. You know, he's the last quarterback to basically make Kyle Pitts work so far. Um, but that's a whole different argument. But Justin Fields is another interesting case um, because I think you don't really know what he is. Like, I don't think I don't know if you know if he's a product of Chicago dysfunction or if maybe he actually isn't that good. It's it's sort of hard to sort of determine what he actually is. and. If you make a trade for him, then you run the risk of, you know, another potentially wasted off season where you don't know if he's the guy, but you bring him in and hope that he's the guy. And you know, I'm going to be honest, like you don't you don't see a lot of head coaches or regimes get the chance at four quarterbacks because you'd have Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, and then you'd have a fourth guy. You don't that that is a very rare thing in this league to see 
a coach or a regime get four chances on a quarterback. So it's one where, you know, as far as Desmond is concerned, they've kind of tied themselves to Desmond in a way because they've spent an entire offseason saying, he's our guy, he is our guy, we're anticipating him being our franchise quarterback, you know, in, instead of being, you know, we'll see what he can do. I think language is very important when discussing a player or specifically a quarterback because they could have had a whole offseason where they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to see what he can do. You know, he's shown qualities that make us confident that he can do things where this offseason they said more of he is our guy and he will be our guy going forward. We have all the confidence in the world. So that being said, they sort of tied themselves to him in a way. So uh, to get a guy like Justin Fields, you would think would be an upgrade just because of his talent. We know how talented Justin Fields is. You just don't know how good he is. So it, it's 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 a difficult thing to sort of assess, you know, whether or not he actually would be an upgrade over Desmond Ritter. But I don't anticipate them making a move like that anytime soon. Yeah, the the Falcons community is so so quick just to like, oh wait, yeah, we do. Oh, yes. uh, like I guarantee, you next especially week, with quarterbacks. Yeah, um, like I guarantee you next week, like the Falcons community will be like, we need Brock Purdy now. Hundred percent. Just like 100%. that quick, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I don't anticipate really much of a uh, quarterback change, like in that regards of Justin Fields or Matt Ryan coming back. Uh, they're going to stick with what they got in house just for this season. So I guess the last little bit right here we want to talk about is the Houston Texans coming to Atlanta. So the Falcons don't get a buy this week, coming off the uh, the London game, which is kind of a kind of a disappointment because you need that little bit of time i would assume to get adjusted back to like your time zone and sleeping schedule um but we we still play football so the falcons are a one and a half point favorite at home which is very low but this is the texan so we should walk away with this win i would hope but the texans has been honestly one of those kind of sleeper teams that like wow they're really doing great and they're they're two and two just like the Falcons. CJ Shroud is definitely having an amazing rookie season so far with six touchdowns, zero interceptions, and twelve hundred yards. Uh how do you feel about this matchup going into Sunday? It's a scary one, honestly, because like you said, on paper that this is a team they should beat. But CJ Stroud has shown that, you know, he can be that dude. And uh he's excelled against man coverage, which is what the Falcons have done a lot of this season, I think. The big thing with what the Falcons need to do to slow him down this week is pressure. You know, they they haven't quite gotten those sack numbers that they've been hoping for, but the pressure has been there. David Onyemata, uh, Grady Jarrett have all been able to create some disruptions back there. They just haven't necessarily been able to finish it, per se. Um, you want to see a guy like Jesse Bates continue his momentum and, and, and sort of taking advantage of young quarterbacks. He did the same thing against Jordan Love when he had those two picks and, you know, that big game where he was NFC Defensive Player of the Week. I think this could be a huge game for him once again. I want to see A.J. Terrell rebound a little bit. I think he's had a little bit of a slow start this season, especially last week when he got beat a couple of times in London. Um, but, I mean, the storyline is the offense. you you, you got to score points. 13 points in two weeks is just something that is not going to work in the NFL. you know, you got to score more than that, especially with the talent that they've invested on offense. I mean, they've spent the last three first-round picks all on offense, and they've basically been silent with the exception – of Bijan Robinson, who's your leading rusher and leading receiver. Drake London has made the catches when the balls have come his way. It's just 
you know, it, it depends on how often they pass it. Jimmy Ward had the comments today on Twitter saying that, you know, we, we know they're not really going to pass it. So, you know, you, you got to create that threat in that game. Otherwise they're just going to load the box exactly like they did in, in London with what Jacksonville did and put a stop to that rushing attack and make Desmond beat you. So you're going to have to get the receivers, the ball, you know, Scotty Miller, I want to see him get involved. He hasn't really done anything so far, or whether that's on him or the coaching or Desmond, it's, it's kind of to be determined, but um, got to see that passing game become some semblance of a threat. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, too much talent on offense to just score to 17 points in two weeks. That's absurd. And, and also too, you got to go look at the playbook a little bit because I understand you want Desmond Ritter to start throwing a little bit more. I get that. But at the same time, you got a very talented, well, two very talented running backs, Tyler Algier and B. John Robertson. I feel like this should be the game where, Arthur Smith needs to go back to that run game because the the Texans defense against the run is 19th and we are 11th ranked in the NFL for running the ball. So, and we get that run blocking ability for the offensive line. So that does help us. And yes, you still want to get Desmond Ritter involved in the passing game, but only in certain situations where it needs to be. And the more you rely on that run game, the more those holes will open up for the pass game to get those long throws, like 40, 50 yards. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Desmond's a Desmond's a guy that, you know, I said it in the offseason, you just need him to be a top 20 quarterback in order for this offense to thrive, really. That's all you need from him. You need him to be a game manager and to not really screw up, per se. You just As long as he doesn't throw interceptions, which, again, this is what we saw last week. We didn't see it against the Packers or the Panthers. You know, there were some plays where it could have been interceptions, but those turnovers didn't happen those first two games and the win the wins came as a result. So I think those first two games is really a glimpse of what you want this offense to be. You know, maybe they didn't quite get those big plays that they wanted, you know, spreading the ball out, but he was that game manager where it worked. And if you get back to sort of that flow of things, then I think you're gonna be okay. Yeah, for sure. Um Looking at everything right here, stat-wise, I, I know you can't really rely on stats too much, but I think this is a game where the Falcons de- really need to win this one, and I think they will by by Young Waku field goal and uh, cover that point spread of uh, one and a half right there this Sunday, and Desmarader keeps his home streak alive. <laughs> so, uh d- I love it right there, uh, Miles. Do you do you think it could be a field goal win through Young Way Koo, or do you see a different outcome? I wouldn't be surprised because the Falcons are just a notorious close ball game team. <laughs> they seem to always take it down to the last second, even in their wins. Um, their losses, maybe not so much. Sometimes they lose by a couple, like we've seen the last two weeks. But um, would not be surprised in the slightest if uh, this game does come down to a Young Way Koo field goal. Um, and honestly, you hope he's found his swing of things back too. I know he's had some early season struggles himself, Young Waku. Um, but uh, you know, he's he's given you that benefit of the doubt to kind of assume that he's going to be okay. Uh, I know they brought in a kicker for a tryout, but um, yeah, no, I mean, Young Waku has proven time and time again that he is clutch and that he can he can make the the play when he needs to. But that being said, with what is going on, you want it to be a little bit more than that because I think this is a team, the Texans, that you could potentially 
score some points on. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't come down to Young Lang to field goal, but would not be surprised in the slightest if it did. Yeah, honestly, yeah, them because it's always a Falcons things to keep it so close and then just win it by a field goal. Um, been been a fan since 2015, and that's been near about every game I watched. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Miles. So definitely, this has been uh, this has been awesome right here. Loved uh, talking Falcons with you, man. Um, do you got any other like media outlets that people could check you out on outside of uh, Fox Five Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, I'm basically you know if you want to see my stuff, I'm very prominent on uh, Twitter or X, whatever it's called today. Um, you know, that's where I usually post all my work, um, whether that's Falcons related, Georgia Bulldogs related, or now very frequently it's going to be Braves related. Um, postseason upon us but uh on there i post my work on youtube so yeah if you want to follow me miles garrett tv it's usually my handle for everything so uh, that's that's where you can find me yeah for sure and everything will be in the description below for everybody to check out miles uh, youtube and twitter slash x account and uh yeah miles uh, definitely it's been awesome i'm glad to have you on the show it's uh been a true honor and uh hopefully we can do more in the future <laughs> absolutely man thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah so uh uh the listeners of the show now we are gonna switch over to the call of duty league side of things and talk uh some 2023 season recaps of more cod teams so we'll see you on the other side all right guys we are on the other side of things right here i want to quickly shout out to miles garrett on twitter and he is the fox 5 news sports anchor for fox 5 atlanta Definitely glad to have you on, Miles. It was a great time, and hope we can do more in the future. And guys, you can hear more podcast episodes just like this one right here by subscribing today on YouTube or any other streaming service that you get your preferred podcast on. Make sure to give me a five-star rating because it sure does help out and get more interviews and podcast guests just like Miles Garrett. So now we're focusing on the past right now with the Minnesota Walker 2023 Call of Duty League season recap. So the Matt win loss ratio is a 46.2% with 79 wins, 92 losses. And for series win loss is 18 wins, 26 losses at a 40.9% percentage of winning. They did make COD champ, so that is good for the organization right there, but did fall short with only two matches and lost in both of them. So the highest that the Minnesota Rocker got during this season was Stage 1, where they went 3-1 and one in their Stage 1 series. It was a victory over Octa Texas 3-1, Toronto 3-1, Florida 3-1, but did lose to the Las Vegas Legion 1-3. And then if you go to their, really about their lowest of the lowest for the season, it's going to have to be stage five right here. Or, no, I'm sorry, uh, stage three. Stage three will be their, really about their lowest of the lowest. Losing to New York 2-3, Seattle 0-3, Texas, off to Texas, excuse me, 0-3, Las Vegas 2-3, LA Thieves 0-3, and yeah, that that is the lowest of the lowest that the Minnesota Rocker has gotten, 
throughout the entire 2023 season and then kind of back and forth win and losses not much and of course made cod champs losing to new york 2-3 that drops down to loser round one and loses to boston 1-3 so yeah guys uh the minnesota rocker definitely was a team to come into this past season to compete with the atlanta phases and optics and la thieves all them and be like kind of like a top four team going into the season because you had attach bance cammy and fame all all tremendous players and of course avro as well again all all great players and especially attach who is the veteran of this group the longest veteran and just somehow did not pull off at least a positive win-loss ratio in either maps or series. So their hard points, search and destroys, and controls, I go over all just team stats, not individuals. So for hard point, the overall KD is a .98. Search and destroy was a .91. And for control, it's a .99, so definitely the Minnesota Rocker is a control team. And it showed at certain points throughout the season of why they was a control team. And then Search and Destroy, you know, they, they had the lackluster moments. Like, let's just be honest, what's not great for them? And they just could not prevail. Hard point, they definitely showed some strength. Right in there, but it just was not to was not enough to topple over like an Atlanta phase or a Schwan Ultra or Seattle. Neither one of those teams. So going into this season right here, guys, I think the Minnesota Rocker is just I think it's time to hit that reset button and kind of just take things as like, all right, if we win, we win, but if not we really need to look at COD challengers and start picking up from there more, more than what we should. And so really overall, the, the overall grade I give the Minnesota rocker for last season will have to be probably a C plus. You didn't make COD champs. So that was great. You did have a few wins that like no one expected you to have. But still, at the end of the day, you were expected to be that top four, top five team going into last season, but just failed to live up to that hype. So I cannot give no more than a C plus. Because that is all the time I have for today. I hope you did enjoy it. If you did, make sure to like button wherever you are listening from. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your preferred podcast. Again, thank you so much to Miles Sanders, or Miles Garrett, for coming on the show talking Atlanta Falcons news support the show guys it definitely does help out and I right, good morning catch you all later peace